Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It is Black and Gold Friday. Where have you been? We have missed you, Black and Gold Friday. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. Here on NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, both team mobile apps, and iTunes, I'm Sean Kelly, and hello again from Studio B as we uh, dive into the Friday edition here. And, uh, yes, it does feel different on this Friday. It's been a long time coming. I know that we've had preseason football and whatnot, but, of course, it feels different here on the first regular season Friday. The season has started with a ball game last night. More on that in a moment. But, uh, folks, even the drive-in, even the drive-in was pleasant today. Everybody's in a good mood. And I love seeing team colors all over the place. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a little fun with you today via social media on the Saints side. As a matter of fact, we'll hope that you uh, tweet us uh, your black and gold picks. You wearing your black and gold, whether it be running carpool, at work, uh, running errands, whatever. Uh, use the hashtag uh, Black and Gold Friday. So send us your uh, picks. And again, this is the Twitter handle, the official Saints Twitter handle is at Saints. So let's have some fun with that and really dive into uh, to a black and gold Friday. Of course, college football starts uh, up again here tonight. Uh, actually, last night there was a ball game over in uh, Texas as UTSA, I think, played Arizona, I want to say, last night. So that weekend is underway. And, of course, LSU is home finally. The Tigers will play Sam Houston State. Tulane is home finally. They'll host Georgia Tech at brand-new Yulman Stadium, Benson Field. That's an exciting and historic moment, not only for Tulane but for our city. And uh, with that, we'll have Rick Dixon, the athletic director at Tulane, as a part of our broadcast here today from Studio B. And, of course, we'll focus in on Saints and Falcons. And to help us do that, we have two different guests today. One is Teron Armstead, starting left tackle for the black and gold. He will join us a little bit later. And then in our next segment, uh, we're joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL.com. He has written extensively about the New Orleans Saints and why he thinks they can win it all, win the Super Bowl. Um, and so I want to ask him about an article he wrote in late August and about his prediction, and we'll get his thoughts coming up in segment two. So we have a very busy Friday for you, a festive Friday, Mr. Salerson. He's our producer, as you know, and guest host. Um, and as we mentioned, the season is underway with that ball game last night, although I was expecting more of a ball game than we got, but mm, boy. 
pretty effective performance by the Seattle Seahawks at home. Not too surprising on that front, but they uh, they took care of the Packers last night, 36 to 16. So with that, we're going to try something new here on this Friday. Before we dive into our interviews, we're going to go around the NFL and just kind of real quickly run down the games, where you might find them, and what time they kick off central time, and maybe just a thought about each of those games, starting with the one that was played last night and taking you through Monday night's doubleheader. So without further ado, let's go around the NFL here on the Black and Blue Report. As we mentioned, Seattle last night, a winner over Green Bay, 36-16. to uh, Seattle was very, very, very good, although they did have some still some of those first game uh, mistakes and experiences, but that uh, was a nice moment for that franchise, especially after they unveiled their banner and whatnot at CenturyLink Field. Uh, with that, here's Russell Wilson on the win last night at home. We played a great game. You know, defensive, defensively, we were lights out. Uh, offensively, we were so physical, made a lot of plays. Um, so many guys got the football. Uh, and, uh, you know, our physical running game was definitely showed up tonight. Uh, we, we did a good job in the passing game, especially in the first half. That third quarter, we kind of slowed down a little bit for whatever reason. Um, but we finished the game really strong. The, the best part of the game was that uh, six, seven-minute drive, you know, to end, to end the game pretty much. Uh, that's how we had to play great football. Wilson, by the way, looked great. 19 of 28, 191 yards, two touchdowns. All right, then on Sunday, we start with the noon games, and we'll go Minnesota at St. Louis first. Minnesota finished 5-10-1 last year, but are hoping to get off on the right foot, says Adrian Peterson. The way the season ended last year is not the right way, you know, and uh, when you got an ultimate competitor like Chad, who's just like me, you know, you definitely want to get that taste out your mouth and get back on the the right right track and uh, that's just the mindset of everyone that's in this locker room that ball game is noon central as you mentioned on fox cleveland's at pittsburgh and we thought that maybe that was gonna be the johnny manziel debut that is not the case it's this guy brian hoyer i think i'm just more prepared i've had more time to work with the guys i'm gonna be playing with more time to be in the system so other than that i don't i don't i mean it's an nfl football game against a division opponent so um, you know, it's no different than us playing Cincinnati at home. Or, I mean, obviously, you know, we're going into a hostile environment in Pittsburgh, and, and, you know, that goes into it. But I don't think, you know, every game is, you know, an NFL game. So you're, you have the same mentality going into each one. Hoyer, of course, a Cleveland guy. He played only three games last season before tearing his ACL. We'll see how he starts his campaign this year in hosting what I think is probably an improved Pittsburgh Ball Club. That ball game's on CBS. Jacksonville at Philadelphia, noon on Fox. Nick Foles hoping that things end up a little further than they did for the Eagles last season. I know we can all we all feel the same way that we can be a lot better and we should strive to be better. But you know, I'm not big on words. We need to go out there and prove it every day. We need to do it in the weight room, in the film room. What our habits are when we're not in the facility. Um, are we taking care of our bodies? Are we doing things the right way? And then when we're practicing, are we practicing smart? Are we playing smart? So I know we can be a lot better, but we have to keep pushing each other and uh, you know doing it as a team. Foles and the Eagles, of course, lost to New Orleans in the divisional round. They finished 10-6, and six, by the way, in the regular season. Oakland kicks off their season at the Meadowlands when they take on the New York Jets. That's noon on CBS. And the new quarterback for the Raiders is Derek Carr. To be honest, I was just excited. <laughs> you know, I wasn't really thinking about, you know, the more, the more you guys get to know me, you know I'm not lying to you. I really wasn't thinking about being the starter, being the backup. I was really focused on learning the offense the best that I could. So that way, when I got out on the field, whenever that time was, I could help this team win. You know, because that's all I care about is, uh, is the Raiders winning. And, 
you know, so when he told me, I was excited, but it wasn't like I was thinking about it. You know, is he going to tell me? Is he not? Uh, it, it caught me. It was really a surprise because I wasn't thinking about it. Carr's brother, David, of course, you know him, but Derek Carr, starting a quarterback for the Raiders, was their second-round pick out of Fresno State. Cincinnati at Baltimore kicks off at noon as well, also on CBS. That's regional coverage, the Cincinnati-Baltimore game. The 3-3 uh, three and three mark against division opponents in 2013 uh, certainly did not help Cincinnati's cause in taking another step. They were also 1-1 one and one against Baltimore. Here's A.J. Green. You know, like I said, this is another game. We're just going to go out there and try to win it. Um, don't get too, you know, just like Coach always said, live in the moment. Don't get too high. Uh, you know, if the first opening game is always the craziest, craziest one, emotions going to be running high. Just go play in the moment. Don't ever let it get too big. So. Let's go to Chicago where Jared Allen takes over for the uh, Chicago Bears defensive attack, and he's got to do something to help the Bears stop the Buffalo Bills' run game. A team like the Bills, if, if you're out of your gap, I mean, that's what they look for. You know, it was guys like Spiller and Jackson. I mean, they're they're so quick, and to be able to, to – I mean, you get out of your gap one second, they can hop, you know, they can jump, stop, cut, be right back in your gap full speed in no time. So, um, you know, it's just going to be disciplined football, and we got to tackle. That's going to be the biggest thing this week is tackle, tackle, tackle. Buffalo ranked second last season, rushing for over 2,300 yards. Bills and Bears at noon on Fox. Also on Fox at noon, Washington at Houston, RG3. Well, of course. Our job is to ignore the noise, um, you know, to stay focused on what we have to. So, you know, when I say we, we fix what we needed to fix on offense, uh, that, that's for us. You know, we fix that in practice. We go out there every day and we know, hey, if we don't put together something or put something on tape that we don't like to see, we've got to clean that up, and we've done a good job of that. Uh, and, and hopefully it presents itself on game day, but that, that's for us. That's not to prove anybody else wrong or right. Uh, it's just for us to go out and be successful. Second worst uh, record in the NFL last year with a record of 3-13. and 13. I don't think I need to remind you of what Houston did last year. Tennessee's at Kansas City, also at noon. That ball game's on CBS. After tallying over 1,900 total yards last season, Jamal Charles hoping to pick up where he left off. I'm excited just to get back on the field and, uh, and start on making uh, more history again. I mean, I mean, I got more records out there to break, so I mean, I'm, 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 it's all about breaking records. Meanwhile, Tennessee hoping that Jake Locker's ready to go in that ball game at Kansas City. Always a tough place to play. Also a new game on CBS, New England at Miami. Everybody picking the Patriots to possibly contend for the AFC championship and of course leading the way once again for the Patriots is Tom Brady. Miami's a great challenge for us to go down there and win's always been tough and uh, they got a very good team so we lost down there last year uh, they present a lot of challenges it's really going to challenge our communication and our mental toughness. If you remember last year wasn't so kind to the Patriots on South Beach they lost in Miami 24 to 20. Carolina at Tampa Bay to start us off for the afternoon games that's a 325 kick it's in our division and Cam Newton still a game-time di- game decision, apparently, with a fractured rib. I think, though, he has more in, uh, in mind than other than game-time decision. That's my thinking. You know, every day I have opportunity. And, um, you know, now we have days. And in a couple of days, it'll be down to hours. And in the hours, it'll be down to minutes. And hopefully, when that clock starts, you know, I will be on, that, on, on the field. Uh, I'm, I'm being optimistic about this whole thing, and, and I have no other choice but to think that way. That's our good friend Jennifer Hale on that broadcast, by the way, with Chris Myers and Rondé Barber on that Fox broadcast on Sunday afternoon. All right, at the same time, out in Dallas, San Francisco and Dallas renew acquaintances. What's San Francisco got in store? Are they taking a step back this year? 
I'm not so sure Cal and Kaepernick feels that way as they get ready for the Cowboys. They're physical in nature. They play fast. They play hard. Uh, last year really doesn't mean anything when you start a new season. So, I mean, they're going to have new defense, uh, revamp defense. So it's not something that we're looking at as far as them being bad. We're trying to focus on what we have to do to counteract what they're doing. Kaepernick, talk, Kaepernick talking about a Dallas defense that ranked last in 2013 in total defense. These are all the games going on while the Saints take on the Falcons, by the way, on Sunday afternoon. The Sunday night game is Indianapolis at Denver, and Peyton Manning is ready to go and uh, has shown us a little moxie here during the preseason. Unfortunately, it's happened to this team in the past, you know, the past two years. We've had some players that uh, we thought were going to be with us, you know, you know that weren't, and uh, it, I think the good thing is we have been able to overcome it. It hasn't been easy, and I think you'd like for it not to happen, but it's you know, a little bit of gut check time. And, uh, and let's face it, you know, last year we faced more adversity than anybody's ever faced. Some suspensions, some injuries. You know, our head coach had a heart attack for five weeks. Um, and uh, the players that were here and the coaches that were here, we just kept, kept it together and kept on chucking. Manning and the Broncos with that adversity that he's speaking of. Of course, that means no Wes Walker this weekend for the Broncos. And uh, they're down a kicker, too, and Matt Prater, who has also been suspended by the NFL. And then the doubleheaders we mentioned on Monday night, Giants at the Lions. That's the 6-10 start on ESPN. Here's Eli Manning on facing Detroit's defense. They have a good defense. They, uh, they have good players. They you know, have an have a, uh, outstanding uh, you know, defensive line, uh, good linebackers, their their corners uh, play play smart and are good. So, um, you know, they have they have good players. Uh, we're have to do a good job of, of uh, you know uh, getting the ball out quick. Um, you know, having some things to slow down their their pass rush and and find completions and, and have good down and distance. Detroit was middle of the pack in total defense last season. Eli Manning would rather forget last season too. Those guys again kick off at six ten, and then the nightcap to kick off or to wrap up the weekend. Not kick off the weekend to wrap up the weekend is San Diego at Arizona. This is a pretty intriguing game in my eyes. Philip Rivers and the Chargers at Arizona, who was ranked sixth in total defense last season. Here's Rivers talking about Arizona despite their injuries on the defensive side of the football. I mean, I think it's a complete group. There's just some moving parts because they've had some injuries and they've they lost a few guys, but um, got Abram as a pass rusher over, you know, double-digit sacks again. So it's a it's a, uh, it's a formidable opponent. I mean, it was a top-five group last year, uh, or, or a top defense. I don't know exactly where they finished, but and they won 10 ball games. So um, it's a tough it's a tough opponent, and uh, but we're going we're gonna to be ready for the challenge. And there you have it. There's our quick trip, or not so quick trip, around the NFL. Let's get right to our guest here in just a moment. Bucky Brooks from NFL.com, Rick Dixon from Tulane, and Teron Armstead from the Saints offensive line. Good Friday to you. It's Black and Gold Friday, and it continues in a moment. Smoothie King asks, what's your purpose? My name is Trish, and I want more balance in my life. I feel like all I do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way. And then I feel guilty, and I start thinking, I need to spend an hour on the elliptical, but I don't have time. I want to eat better. I want to feel better. That's my purpose. We can blend that. Find your balance with the new Greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by Chobani. Find pleasure in your purpose at Smoothie King.
fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino and Hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport bosierorg or call 888-45-VISIT. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. There was a headline uh, late last month that kind of caught my eye, as it probably should have. New Orleans Saints could ride explosive offense to Super Bowl. And while, of course, those of us who are on that team every day subscribe to that feeling, it was nice to see something from outside world headquarters here uh, with that kind of a vantage point. And certainly, we wanted to check in with Bucky Brooks, Bucky joins us here as an NFL, former NFL player, former front office uh, uh, personnel uh, type, I guess. You know, you, you had a couple of different roles there, Bucky, didn't you, after your playing days? You were scouting? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I scouted for two different teams. I scouted for uh, three years for the Seattle Seahawks, and I spent another four years working for the Carolina Panthers after playing for almost six years in the National Bowl. And now Bucky writes for NFL.com, and specifically uh, he's a media analyst for NFL Now. And he is the author of this article that caught my eye in late August. Uh, Bucky, I, I assume that you uh, spent some time with the uh, with the film, as they say, when you're talking about the Saints and how you came out with this article about the Saints. Yeah, you know, I had opportunity to not only break down the film, but I went to the third preseason game when they played the Indianapolis Colts. It was the first game that we saw Drew Brees in that first team offense, and I came away not only impressed with the things that they were doing but really encouraged by the potential that they have this season. Not only because Drew Brees continues to be one of the top quarterbacks that we've seen in all the football for 5,000 yard season in the last six years. Um, a guy that's super accurate, a guy that has a wealth of options on the outside, including a rookie, Brandon Cooks, that I'm really excited to see. But I think their running game, the diversity they have in the running game, with Mark Ingram playing at really a fantastic level, Kelly Robinson, and then also Pierre Thomas kind of carving out a role. I just think there's so many different things that the Saints can throw at defenses that they're going to be nearly impossible to slow down this year. Let's talk about the scheme part of this because I, I love the way in the in the article you break down the different weapons that the Saints have, and obviously that's somewhat the same with the addition of Brandon Cooks. But more interesting to me was the way that those weapons are being used by Sean Payton and Drew Brees. What, what set this particular sighting that you had at Indy and the film you watched different from what we've seen the last couple of years? Well, I mean, I think the big thing with uh, what Sean Payton does, he does a great job of uh, really diversifying his formations and his personnel packages. They'll run out a series of uh, personnel packages that may feature one back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. They'll go to some spread formations with no tight ends, four wide receivers in the back. They'll do things from a formation standpoint where they really – mix and match and put them in bunch formations. They uh, deployed Marcus Colston and Jimmy Graham in different uh, places along the formation to really create mismatches. So when you're dealing with the New Orleans Saints, you're really dealing with the mad scientist as a play caller in Sean Payton, and he really just puts your defense in a bind because you're not really able to do some of the exotic things you normally would do to take away the opponent's top receivers. In college football, Bucky, we see, like, for example, here in New Orleans tomorrow, Georgia Tech plays at Tulane, and so Tulane will will see that triple option 
Georgia Tech offense probably just the one time this year. And so they spend so much of their week getting ready for that option offense of Georgia Tech. At the NFL level, and I'm watching Seattle and Green Bay last night and other teams, I see more uniformity with regard to um, empty backfield sets, uh, ace formations that you're talking about in the article and others that are similar to the Saints. Is there something, though, that defenses have to spend uniquely to a Saints game week that makes it harder for them to prepare? I mean, I think so. I mean, I think everyone uses those things. Like, I think the one thing that you find in National Football League is the copycat league. Everyone steals ideas from other people. However, the way the Saints and some of the other teams in the National Football League use their empty formations varies because of how they choose to put their players in those positions. For example, when I look at the Saints, sometimes they'll put Jimmy Graham on the outside of the formation, and you do that to see – how does the defense line up? If you notice that there's a linebacker on the outside, well, it's pretty easy to speculate that this team is going to be in man coverage. If you see a corner on the outside with Jimmy Graham, it's easy to assume that they're in some form of zone. So that gives Drew Brees an easy indicator where he should go to the ball based on the route concept and what are your man beaters versus your zone beaters. So by using empty formation, you really clear the read for the quarterback. You allow him to be very decisive with where he wants to go to ball. And you also easily are able to identify any potential blitzes because if they're not matched up over their guys, they're likely coming, and it really makes it easy for the quarterback to read. You can follow Bucky Brooks on Twitter, at, at, at Bucky Brooks, and we certainly recommend that, the NFL media analyst for NFL.com. So, Bucky, let me ask you this. How are opposing defenses going to try and counter the things that you've laid out with regard to the Saints offense? You know, I think the big thing is uh, the teams that have really done well against them, and namely you talk about like the Seattle Seahawks and some others, you have to be very physical with the receivers on the perimeter. You have to be willing to walk up and jam them and really harass them, disrupt the timing of the passing game, not allow Drew Brees to throw when he hits the top of his drop on time because when he's a rhythm passer, he's as good as anyone in the National Football League. Also, you have to make sure that when the Saints elect to run the ball, that you, you, you shut off that valve. Don't allow them to run the football. Make them throw from all your other situations. Take away the element of balance that they like to use because their big passes in the passing game come off of play action. So if you eliminate the run, you take that threat away. You now have the ability to keep everything in front of you, knock those receivers around, and hopefully you can force Drew Brees into a turnover by playing a physical nature on defense. You obviously watch the game differently than most. You watch it from the standpoint of being a former player and a scout and a personnel um, evaluator, Bucky. If you were to if you were to instruct fans to watch the game differently, what would you tell them to watch on Sundays right now? You know, it's tough because to me, I look at the game in terms of uh, it's a chess match. So try to notice certain particular tendencies that happen. If you notice a, a team running the same play over and over and over again, conceptually, are they running the same play with different people executing different parts of the route? What are people trying to do? from a matchup standpoint, to get their best guys on a, a mismatch so they can create big plays. When I look at the Saints, I'm always curious to see what will Sean Payton do in his first 15 plays and how will those first 15 set up a big play later in the game. Great play callers do a great job of setting up their plays down the line. Sean Payton is as good as anybody when it comes to really setting up home run opportunities later in game. All right, Bucky, so this article that we've been talking about certainly just zeroes in on the Saints offense, but yet in another format, I did see you you selected the Saints to win it all, um, and obviously that takes more than offense. Uh, give me the basis of your of your selection or your prediction that the Saints win the Super Bowl this year. 
Well, the thing that I did with the New Orleans Saints is uh, I had an opportunity to break down the big nickel package, and it wasn't just the Saints running it. But I noticed last year they would run three safeties on the field. Raphael Bush would be included with uh, Kenny Vaccaro, and then their starter last year, Roman Harper. But now with Jarius Bird, Kenny Vaccaro continuing to mature, I just think they have a unique defense. I think they have a unique personnel package that they can use on the defense to really get after the pass while also stopping the run. And I think right now when you think about that offense, being an offense that typically scores 27 to 28 points a game, if you have a defense that can create turnovers and give them short fields, I just think it's going to be very, very hard for the Saints. The one caveat that I would say in them securing uh, a berth in the Super Bowl, they need to get home field. They can't venture on the road and have to go to Seattle to play them in a championship game. The Saints, you know, the Dome is really a huge advantage for them. Whoever gets home field advantage to me in the NFC is the team that really has the easier road to the title. I think for New Orleans, it's essential that they get their home games um, in the playoffs, particularly played at the Superdome. Nicely done. Well, you can see uh, Bucky on NFL Now, the league's ne- next generation video service, providing fans across the uh, uh, access across the league to the largest digital library of NFL video anywhere. Fans can select their favorite NFL teams and players, and NFL Now dynamically personalizes each fan's viewing experience. Visit NFL.com slash now for more information. We say thanks to Bucky Brooks. Bucky, I really appreciate the visit. I can't wait to see you in Atlanta on Sunday. All right, thanks so much for having me. You bet. Bucky Brooks with us, NFL media analyst for NFL.com. We'll be right back with Rick Dixon at Tulane University in just a moment. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Individual game tickets for the 2014-15 season go on sale to the public this Wednesday at 8 a.m., but you can have exclusive advanced access to the biggest matchups before anyone else. Visit pelicans.com today to sign up for Pelicans Insider and receive a pre-sale password to score tickets before they run out. Take flight with your Pelicans today. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We do talk college football. We do talk about our city. And, uh, and with that, here on this Friday, we'd be, uh, we'd be very mistaken not to bring in the athletic director at Tulane University, Rick Dixon, to talk about the opening of Yulman Stadium, Benson Field, tomorrow on campus at Tulane as they open a new era, a historic day for Tulane football and for our city. Uh, as they host Georgia Tech. Rick, uh, first of all, good morning, and I, I hope that you've had at least a little bit of rest this week, although I doubt it. Yeah, you're right, Sean. It is a, a good morning, and on our way to a great morning tomorrow. Uh, and, you know, as, as they say, I can always sleep tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's an exciting time for us. It's an exciting time for campus and an exciting time for the city. I don't mean to be a doubting Thomas here, but I think that I – I'm almost going to have to see it for myself to actually believe that it happened. I know that's not fair, but in some ways, I don't think I'm that far off. Well, I know there's, I know there's uh, probably a lot uh, that you know that share that somewhat. And you know, listen, it's been, you know, it's been 
40 years uh, since there was something like that on that campus. And, uh, and it looked like it had gone away forever, but it's, uh, you know, something that didn't, didn't come back overnight. It didn't come easy. It took a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of planning, a lot of due diligence and stick to itiveness and, uh, just belief that it, that it needed to happen. And I think that's really what the reason and and because we have people that uh embraced that and we had donors that stepped up and and supported that and and uh but just to see all that uh you know come to come together because it wasn't like okay we, you know we moved next door and just rebuilt uh an old stadium or replaced one it's you know we built something that hadn't been here in 40 years so it's pretty significant for us is it the same footprint as as old Tulane Stadium I know it's a smaller facility but is it essentially the same spot well, it, it it rests on part of it for sure. Uh, the, you know, the old Tulane Stadium went all the way up uh, to Willow. Uh, pretty much, pretty much was that end of the campus and the whole neighborhood at that time. And uh, it's still amazing to me, uh, you know, that it that it ever did fit in there uh, before. But of course, uh, over time, over you know, decades, other things filled in. So. Uh, but it certainly touches a piece of it and uh, kind of has a, a lot of the same feel as what old-timers that were around when, it, when that stadium was around tell me. I know it still probably has that new stadium smell, um, <laughs> and you haven't kicked off a game in that facility yet, but, Rick, are there, are there certain things that stand out? What are your favorite parts or pieces to this new facility? You know, I, I think just when people come up, they see um, – Sean, we were able to, uh, you know, as you know, because even from your time at Tulane, it was things that were talked about, dreamed about at that time. No idea whether it become a reality like it has back then. But, you know, we wanted to create a great front door impression. And so our, uh, you know, our, our stadium plaza uh, right out front on Ben Weiner, I think people will love the uh, look and feel of that. And then the facade uh, with Yeoman Stadium, uh, on it, I think it's just a beautiful mixture of, of uh, you know brick and glass and and things that look classic to a stadium. And the other neat thing is we were able to uh, you know to integrate it into our Hurt Center uh, as part of it, uh, so it takes on that same look and feel. And it looks like you know it's like one major athletic complex. And I just like standing out there on Ben Weiner and looking up and seeing you know this monumental. Uh, a venue and saying, you know what, this is ours. Not only is it yours, but uh, is there a sweeter sound to an athletic director than the sentence, we are sold out? I know. I got to make that yesterday at our press briefing. I said, you know, the three favorite words of any AD is we're sold out. And uh, that's pretty remarkable, you know, because not something that I think people uh, in the past really associated with, with Tulane football and uh, you know, they even tell me uh, I don't get to look at the secondary tickets, but they're saying that we're going for a, a, a pretty a pretty penny uh, out there on the secondary market right now. Uh, and the great thing is, Sean, that's already impacting the rest of the season. We're already for next week uh, under a thousand tickets for the southeastern game. Uh, homecomings uh, within 200 tickets of being sold out. Uh, the Friday night game is under a thousand tickets. The, the Halloween game, so you know, I I, I really uh, anticipate we're going to be able to see that for the entire season. Let's be honest; this all revolves around winning. How does this help 
CJ and those guys win? Well, I think it's you know it's it, already you can see the impact uh, just uh, you know the recruiting uh, as it's moved from recruiting to brochures and uh, you know just images on an easel, uh, which when he came uh, you know over two years ago is what it started with, and then it moved to okay you could take him out uh, and show him the uh, the site. Uh, then, then after that, you could show them pilings in the ground. But uh, you know, we'll have a unbelievable, uh, 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 really turnout of uh, a lot of young, young uh, local recruits and their families tomorrow. And and you know what, Sean, and you know this, being in athletics, it doesn't just uh, stop at football. I mean, Coach uh, Conroy's got two top 100 prospects in uh, this weekend. Uh, that'll be there for the game. Uh, Lisa Stockton, similar in her regards. I think they have three top-notch recruits. So I think the combination of that, going into the new league we are with all the uh, exposure and visibility we're going to get, all those things have just repositioned us in a way that, you know, in the past that we hoped we could get to. Rick Dixon, Athletic Director of Tulane, here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Rick, I know so many folks are excited about tailgating outside um, being a part of community in, in a particular neighborhood on campus, yet there are logistical things that go into this. How can folks, whether it be you telling us now or directing us somewhere, best navigate what could be a growing pain or two about coming to a game there tomorrow? Well, the key is, uh, you know, uh, Sean, the first pe- thing people ask about is parking. And I would tell you, the, uh, before you even get into any of the logistics, is we've got a yeomanstadium.com uh, website. It's actually uh, now an app that people can download on their phones, and it helps with everything from the tailgating to parking. You know, we've got uh, a park and ride uh, system that includes uh, Oshner Hospital, which is 1.7 miles from campus and shuttle right to within a block of the stadium. Uh, we have uh, the same thing going on at Baptist Hospital, uh, Uptown Square, which is a little over a mile and a half from campus. So we'll have, you know, we, we can deliver people to within one block of our stadium. Uh, season ticket holders and, and, and donors have, uh, you know, received on-campus parking as part of their package. So a good portion of, you know, the people coming will uh, be parked on campus. And, of course, 4,800 uh, of our ticket holders are students, and, and they've utilized all their tickets of course, we'll roll out of bed and walk into the stadium. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a, it's good good problems to face. The other part of it you mentioned was the tailgating, and that will all um, revolve around our, our, our two quads, the LBC quad, which is the Student Union, and Newcomb quad, which are uh, joined and contiguous to each other uh, right off of uh, Ferret. Uh, people can walk right in, and there's going to be a tailgating village uh, people can do that organically, show up uh, before uh, tailgating opens, which is 11. They can show up between 8 and, or 7 and 10 a.m., uh, drop off their tents and so forth uh, on spots, and uh, and then come back after they've parked uh, to those areas. They're all patrolled, secured. And then we have a lot of hosted and sponsored tents as well. So I can't wait to see that. That's going to be quite a, uh, you know, quite a rollout. I spoke to Tom and Gail Benson last week. They said they will be there tomorrow. Um, history to be made. I just It's going to be hard to wipe some smiles off of faces tomorrow, I have a feeling, Rick. Yeah, I think so, Sean. And, and, and I can tell you here, the Friday before, it's already started, and mine included. It's just, 
you know, uh, before it was a, a dream, then a, and a vision, and then, you know, you break ground and 21 months go by and now it's a reality. And, uh, you know, to see two teams, and particularly our team, uh, run out of a tunnel uh, right right there uh, is going to be a pretty special moment. I think one I'll probably have to, right after it happens, I'll have to kind of walk out and stand in the back of the tunnel by myself for a few minutes and just soak that in. You might you might cry a little bit, Rick. Hey, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's possibly in the works. It could be. Congratulations. Um, I hope for a great day tomorrow. Let's keep the rain away and uh, get a win, huh? Thanks, Sean. You go do the same in Atlanta, too. Thank you, sir. It should be a, hopefully a good weekend for all of us. That's Rick That's Dixon. That's what we're planning on. Yes, sir. Athletic Director at Tulane University, Yulman Stadium, Benson Field opens tomorrow. And uh, tickets are scarce for the rest of the way. You want to make sure that you go on the website, as Rick mentioned, to get all the information you need. And try and find somebody who might be able to give up a ticket. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We'll be back on Black and Blue Report with Teron Armstead in just a moment. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. As we've talked about a little bit this week, well, we've talked a lot about it this week. Uh, Sunday's game at Atlanta could very well be decided up front, both on the offensive line for the Saints and defensively for the Falcons, obviously, and flip that script as well. And so when you look at how things could shake out, the, uh, the big boys with the hands in the dirt could go a long way in determining, like most Sundays, but maybe even more so on this one, who wins at the Georgia Dome uh, in Atlanta. With that being said, we decided to sit down yesterday with starting left tackle Teron Armstead. Talk about where things are with him in this, really now, the start of his first full season as a starting left tackle and what lies ahead here this weekend in the opener. Let's compare and contrast. Opening week last season, opening week this season. How's it different for you? Uh, I got a few games under my belt. <laughs> just uh, a little bit of experience. Uh, I'm just excited about the game. Is there, is there, what is the comfort, I guess, in, in now, I guess, well, not only being a starter, but like you said, having those games under your belt? Um, yeah, get down, getting the timing down, uh, terminology with the offense, um, getting those things, just feeling a bit more comfortable. Butterflies? Nah. No? Nah, not at all. Was, do, do you get them perhaps before the first preseason game? I mean, I think even, even in my world, that start of the season or that first broadcast of the year, I still kind of get that tingle a little bit. You know? I just, I don't, I don't know. I've just never been a guy to, to get nervous. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. I just, just never been the, the type to get nervous. I mean, I, I focus in a little more on certain situations, but I've never been the 
the type to get nervous. Coach talked about the running game, and it's really been a point of his conversation since before even camp started. Would would you say there's a difference um, from your perspective here this summer? Yeah, I'm just uh, the, the whole offense getting more comfortable with the the run technique, the uh, landmarks. Just trying to pick up where we left off. Teach fans what landmarks are. I think they hear that, but I don't know if they fully understand it. Just uh, pre-snap, where you where you looking to get to on a guy? Um, where you looking to get your hands? Where you looking to get your your helmet? Is it different for different guys, or is it pretty set in your meeting rooms and preparation? You prepare for it. Different guys give you uh, different pre-snap landmarks. Okay. Uh, different play give you different landmarks. So. That's why we're meeting so long, watching so much film and having so much practice. It fascinates me. I think that it's so much more than, you know, line up, put hand in dirt, hit guy. I mean, and and even Zach Streif was saying back during training camp, familiarity with guys next to you or to your right or your left has a lot to do with how you all communicate as to what you need to do. It really does, really does. Having been back in there uh, completely healthy is getting our timing together. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty good. What's the language? Do you guys have something that's unique to you guys? We we got uh, not not so many cold words as, as you know Zach Streep and Jari Evans. Those guys have been playing next to each other for so long. But I mean, as we go, we continue to pick up on each other on each other's tendencies, and maybe we'll throw a couple cold words. How do you keep an ear on the guy next to you and an ear on Drew? Um. Doing it, timing, yeah. just getting the timing, getting the experience, the reps with those guys. The more I look at your game this Sunday, the more it seems this thing could very well be decided right there in the box. Um, help me understand the uniqueness maybe of this particular game or why it's this way with Atlanta. Am I off base? Work me through it. Um, it's, it's a rivalry. They've been playing, play each other twice a year, mm -hmm. at least. I mean, so... Both both clubs very familiar with each other. They um, pretty much we know each other. So I mean, is it going to come down to like you said, just that who's who's fighting for that last inch? They say they want to have more physicality to them. You know, Coach Smith for them gets really riled up when toughness is brought up. But do you anticipate them maybe being a little chippy as a result? I can't really say. Just gotta you know go out there and walk away from any. Any type of frustration, penalties that that can result from uh, being chipped or anything. Mm -hmm. Can't really say. Just got to go out and play ball. Scout the guys that'll be in front of you, for me. I mean, take me through maybe what you're going to see to your right and your left, and and what's unique about that group. Um, they want to. They run a lot of different packages, so I'll see quite a few different guys. Um, Babino, very quick, athletic for his size. Um, Yura, he's been doing it for so long. He's Get off guy, great with his hands. He's been productive. Um, they got 94 is coming into his second year. He's really athletic, outside linebacker, pretty big. Got pass rush, and he can drop back in coverage as well. Coach has stressed to, I'm sure to you guys, but to us as well, about the closeness of the games with the Falcons over the last several years. When you get into a mindset like that, as far as it could come down to that last drive, it could come down to one snap, that kind of a thing. Does it help you focus in more, I mean, or is this something that, you know, he can say it, but we already know it type of thing? Uh, we try to prepare for it. Um, yeah. Coach put us through a lot of different situations during practice that may come up in the game, and just um, it's the kind of guy, the kind of character guys we got on the team. So when those type of situations show face, we just try to execute.
All right, so last but not least here, I think somebody asked me the other day with regard to offensive linemen, they already know that there's um, plenty of fuel needed to move a line like that. I guess the amount of food that goes into it and all that. The other person asked me, how do they balance taking care of big bodies and and not being in a bad position on game day? What's the secret? Uh, I mean, we do a lot. We do a lot of moving, a lot of burning calories, cardio. <laughs> we watch what we eat. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely have more intake than some other position groups, but we are just professionals. Just try to watch what we eat and burn off, eat, eat the right stuff. Do you do you eat differently for a noon game as opposed to a 3 o'clock game? I'm, I'm still learning that type, you know, <laughs> the nutritional part of it. I mean, I'm not a guy that just eat bad, but I didn't really think too much until what I was eating on certain days, on, on like a Wednesday, I need to eat this to be prepared for Sunday. I didn't ever think about those type things. So what about this Sunday? What will you eat Sunday morning to get ready? Um, maybe some eggs, chicken breast, uh, some bread. That doesn't sound bad. All right, all right, that's about it. Yeah, not too much. Well, I appreciate you helping us learn a little bit more. Good luck on Sunday. Thank you. Ron Armstead and the Saints kick off against the Falcons at noon central on Sunday. And we'll wrap up this week's Black and Blue Report in just a moment. Welcome to the start of the football season with a Saints kickoff run presented by Chevron. It's a family-friendly 5K event on Saturday, September 6th. The run starts in Champion Square and finishes on the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. New this year is a corporate cup challenge for largest team, a costume contest, and a half-mile Play 60 fun run for kids. Proceeds benefit the New Orleans Recreation Development Commission and the Louisiana Children's Museum. Registration for the Saints kickoff run is now open at Saints5K.com. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Taking a break from Mayor Landrew's pothole repair crew. Once again, here's Sean Kelly. That's going to do it for us here on this Friday in Studio B. Our coverage continues all throughout the weekend, the rest of today, tomorrow, and Sunday with regard to the Saints at the Falcons. We'll also keep an eye on basketball as the FIBA World Cup moves into its next stage here this weekend as well. Congratulations to Team USA and Anthony Davis, Monty Williams, going 5-0 and in pool play don't forget hashtag black and gold friday send us your picks at the official saints twitter feed that's at saints otherwise don't forget to follow us at black blue report and or at sean kelly live we will be on the road tomorrow we'll be in the georgia dome on sunday and we'll be back with you on monday where steve weich of the nfl network will help us wrap up the nfl weekend and of course coach payton and john DeShazer and myself We'll work on putting the Falcons game, hopefully a win, to rest as well. Thanks to Daniel Salerson for his help today, especially on our, in our Around the NFL segment. And special thanks to our guests, Bucky Brooks, Teron Armstead, and Rick Dixon. Go Tigers. Go Green Wave. Go high school. Boy, that's right. High school football kicks off tonight. 
all across the area. It actually started last night, but really in earnest on this Friday night, two nights. So enjoy all the football this weekend. Try and stay cool. Uh, it's going to be hot. And uh, we'll see you here on Monday, hopefully talking about a lot of great wins for all of our teams. I'm Sean Kelly, and so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.